Welcome to the Power of a Woman podcast. This podcast is centered around helping you reclaim and finding yourself as a woman, connecting with how you want to feel in your life and body, and changing the narrative on not only how we approach health for women, but also how we treat ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves. I'm so grateful you're here. Let's dive in. Welcome back to The Power of a Woman. I'm so excited to chat with my guest today. So Chelsea and I met almost two years, a year and a half ago, I think, in in another group. And she's an amazing resource. And I've just loved following her for one, for myself, um, having hypothyroid. But two, we're both very aligned in how we think. I think about like supporting women and supporting the nutritional aspect of what we need sometimes. And I get a lot of questions sometimes on the hypothyroid aspect and women with Hashimoto's. And I think there's a lot of confusion around this topic. So I really want to bring in the expert herself on it. Um, So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Chelsea, and how you got to where you are and and what you do. Thank you so much. You are amazing. (laughs) I I just, you made me smile there. Um, But hi, everyone. I am Chelsea. Um, I am a registered dietitian, Hashimoto's warrior, spiritual healer, all that good, juicy stuff. I run the page, the Hashimoto's method, and I run the membership program, the Hashimoto's method membership. And we help women with Hashimoto's thrive and heal and feel their best selves using nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset shifts and helping you actually understand what's happening in your body and really heal from within specific to you. So we love talking about the thyroid, Hashimoto's, and just like real realistic healing here, because that's what we're all about. We want it to fit into your life, you know? Yeah. I think that's one of the toughest things when it comes to hypothyroid and Hashimoto's and obviously, you know, they're not one and the same, but they can go hand in hand with each other. Um, sometimes a lot of women are given just the, here's what you can't do. And and then, and then they're left to go on their own. And then you feel sometimes defeated because all the things that you, you know, were used to and enjoyed and were part of your lifestyle, all of a sudden feel like they're all taken away from you. And then how do you navigate that? And that's what I think is so awesome about the community you run is, Instead of focusing on like, here's what you can't do with, you know, hypothyroid or Hashimoto's, here's what you can do. And here's the way that you can incorporate these things into your life and feel amazing at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you know, I went from doctor to doctor, person to person, blog to blog for years, trying to heal myself and nothing felt realistic or sustainable. And I was like, there has to be a better way than cutting hundreds of foods out of my diet. Like not only that, but like my mindset wasn't there yet. I wasn't able to even remove foods and restrict or even experiment with foods because it was triggering. It was, I have a history of disordered eating and thinking and, and body image, right? Like we all have these things, which is really sad and unfortunate, but we don't get the support we need when we're first diagnosed with hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. And it, it just, it it pissed me off from being honest. It made me mad and upset that there was no help for people who weren't ready to take that huge leap in a sustainable way. And how could that be the only solution. Like 
that made no sense to me. So I was like, all right, I need to figure out and do something different. So I started doing basically what I teach in a slow, sustainable way. And it made it so much more fun. Like it just made healing this uh, like exciting, enjoyable, realistic experience. So I didn't feel like crap all the time. I took it slow. I started doing things I actually enjoy, like paid attention to my body for once and actually learned what my body was telling me so I can use that to help me move forward. And it it just, it it breaks my heart because, you know, you, you get diagnosed and you go on Google and it literally, it's like cut everything out. You're doing everything wrong. The water you drink, the soil you're eating foods from the right, the air you're breathing, whatever it is, do this, not that. But then the other blog says, do that, not this. And it's, it's just so much. And I am a simple gal. I like, I like two options and then I get to choose which one I like. Um, and I just, that, is not conducive to healing and a mindset component is huge. It's a huge, huge, huge part of any healing journey, really your workout journey, your mindset journey, your Hashimoto's healing journey, your hypothyroidism, right? Whatever it is, is being ready foundational wise to enjoy the heck out of your life and not feel restricted and feel like you're able to actually pay attention to your body takes work in and of itself. Yeah. So I just think that it's important to know a you're not alone and b that it, it it doesn't have to be so difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people who are probably listening to this episode probably have hypothyroid Hashimoto's or know someone close to them who has it in some way if if they see the title mm-hmm. and, are, and are intrigued by it, but let's explain the difference between them quickly. So people know when we're referencing one or the other, that they're all not, they're not one in the same. And you can have hypothyroid without having Hashimoto's and you can have Hashimoto's without having hypothyroid. Mm -hmm. So, um, can you break that down, um, for people? Of course. So hypothyroidism is essentially when your thyroid slows down. So hypo means slow. So what I mean by slows down is that it's not able to produce the right amount of the thyroid hormone known as um, T4, T3, right, in your body to let your body do everything it needs to do. Therefore, there is too much TSH, which is what you see on your test when it's high, right, in your body because your body can't process it to make enough of your thyroid hormone. And so that's hypothyroidism. Okay. So you're basically your, they call it like your thyroid slow, right? You're like, you have a sluggish thyroid, your thyroid slow. It's because you're not, you're not absorbing and using the thyroid stimulating hormone to make the correct amount of thyroid, the thyroid hormones, um, T4 and T3 to let your body do everything it needs to do which your thyroid plays a role in pretty much every bodily function. So we don't want that. (laughs) Um, The goal is to, whether it's with use of medication or medication in conjunction with lifestyle changes or lifestyle changes alone to let your thyroid function the way it's supposed to using the thyroid stimulating hormone to make enough 
um, thyroid hormone for your body. Then enter in Hashimoto's. <laughs> Hashimoto's is when your immune system starts attacking your thyroid tissue. And that could then cause hypothyroidism. So your thyroid tissue is not able to absorb, use, send out anything because your immune system is producing antibodies to attack it. Um, why this happens, there's lots of different um, theories. I wouldn't say that there's a definitive answer on like what the root cause is and why your body's deciding to attack your thyroid tissue. But basically your body thinks the thyroid tissue is a foreign object um, and it's not registering them. It's a part of your body. So the good thing is there's so much you can do to help either reverse this, stall it, or feel better in general and ditch your symptoms. It's not a, um, like a death sentence. It's not a something that there is no help for. It's about finding the help that you need. Um, whether, like I said, that's through medication, medication and lifestyle changes, just lifestyle changes, you know, whatever your body needs in that way. I think that's an awesome point too. I think a lot of times, you know, we're so scared of going on a medication about something that we will avoid it. And I'm all for the like, yes, doing things a natural route. But if something is going to help you feel better, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. I've, I have secondary hypothyroidism, which means it's just essentially something else is causing my thyroid to be off. And I was put on a medication one, cause we wanted to have babies and two, because it was going to significantly help me feel better mm-hmm. much quicker than going through years of processes to try to heal things. And I think it's really important to take into consideration. If you're not feeling good, there's nothing wrong with using something that's going right. to help you feel better while you're trying to work on other methods to support yourself at the same time. For sure. I think that there's the stigmatism. Um, is that the right word? <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever. There's this, there's this uh, icky feeling around thyroid medication. And I, as a former crunchy cult member, <laughs> I completely understand like the thought of putting hormones into your body. But at the same time, and this, this is kind of was my, my turning point in the whole, do I, I don't want to be on medication, but I feel like shit every single day. You know, when you feel like feel horrible every single day and you're doing all the, the crunchy, natural, holistic stuff, which can work for some people. And it does, which is fabulous, but it it wasn't working for me. And I was like, all right, I need something else. Um, And I personally think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with needing thyroid medication. Our body needs the thyroid hormones, whether we get it synthetically or we get it from our thyroid itself. So we need it. So going without it is really not an option. You will not feel good. It's just you know, and, and how we know that is by testing our blood every few months, um, and seeing where our thyroid labs are at, um, and whether or not we need medication. Now there are more natural forms of the thyroid medication, which is great. And you can discuss that with your doctor, or if you have any questions, you can reach out to either Brooke or I on Instagram, I'm sure. Um, and we can give you those resources, but you know, it's not just, okay, take levothyroxine, there's other brands, there's other types. Um, and it depends on what your body needs. Yeah, absolutely. I think it depends on one. I think an important question to ask that doesn't always get asked. And I'm sure you run into this too, is why is the thyroid off? Right. Mm -hmm. Figuring out like, well, what's causing it? I, 
for years, I had symptoms of hypothyroid, which we can get into. And I would go, I went to four different doctors before mm-hmm. I finally had somebody pull a full thyroid panel on me and find out because multiple doctors were either just pulling TSH or just pulling TSH and T4. And they were like, everything's great. It's in clinical ranges. And I'm like, but I feel like crap. Like I feel terrible. I'm gaining weight when it's not really justifiable that the weight's just coming on. And I feel like I'm not going to the bathroom regularly. I'm listing off all these Mm -hmm. symptoms. And the first question they asked was, well, are you gluten-free? And I was Mm. like, Okay. Well, that's not going to fix this. Like, Mm. um, finally I had it tested and TSH and T4 were great, but T3 was clinically low in my thyroid. So I think it's one really important. You get a full lab assessed. And when someone is getting a full lab, what would you advise that they typically get looked at? So there is a standard thyroid test, and then there's a full thyroid panel. Like Basically, they like uh, Brooke said, you typically run TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone, and T4, if that, which is a form of the thyroid hormone that, like, basically you have T3, which is the active form of the thyroid hormone. So that is the one that's able to go to all of our cells and our organs and do what we need to do. And then we have T4, which is the stored form, which we're keeping stored there. So that way uh, our T3 has something to dip into to get, to get it um, up and running while you have it. And it, it really is so important to know all of it. There is a, there are so many hormones when it in like numbers when it comes to thyroid health the ones i think are the absolute most important that will give us a good picture if your doctor's not willing to run a completely full thyroid panel would be tsh t4 t3 and antibodies so there's two different antibodies there's tpo antibodies and then there's tg antibodies um i cannot pronounce the thyroglobulin correctly maybe i just did um but the TEG is thyroglobulin antibodies and TPO are thyroid periodox. See, I just like, I can't say them. (laughs) Um, But your doctor will understand what they mean um, when you run them. Now there's tons of other ones. There's reverse T3, there's free T3, there's free T4. Those are important and will give us a big picture. But the first ones I mentioned are the ones that like can really get us some answers um, at the bare minimum if we need them. If someone is questioning whether or not they have hypothyroid or Hashimoto's, what are some of the symptoms and things that they would generally be experiencing? Yeah. So they're very, uh, similar, (laughs) um, as far as hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's goes. And the reason is because that Hashimoto's can actually cause hypothyroidism eventually. Um, so they kind of go hand in hand. And I think one thing that we do miss is that we may be diagnosed with hypothyroidism, which is one of the most common autoimmune diseases in the world. And they will just not test you for Hashimoto's, um, because you're already on medication because you're already have hypothyroidism. So, um, I think we should all be advocates for our own bodies. And if you want to know, and on a deeper level, why you feel the way you feel or what's going on or what the possibilities could be, I definitely recommend asking for a full thyroid panel. Now, the symptoms that are associated with Hashimoto's are extreme fatigue, 
like you sleep eight hours and it's just never enough and you could like sleep all day. Weight gain, rapid weight gain, we see quite often. Um, sometimes it's pain in your throat or you have a nodule on your throat or on your thyroid. Some uncommon but common ones that I tend to see are you, if you talk a lot, you lose your voice. Um, it's very easy for your, your throat to feel strained. You, if you get sick, you get things like strep. So like you're always having throat issues. Really the, the absolute most common one is the weight gain that I see. Um, and it really is, I understand I gained 80 pounds in six months and I was like, um, Hey doc, something's wrong, (laughs) you know, and then came joint pain, um, and bloating and fatigue. And it's, it, it feels like your whole body's against you. It does. I had weight gain. I had put in like 20 pounds within three to four months. I remember stepping on a scale and seeing a number I had never seen before. And I was like, this, something is going on. And that's what kind of sent me on that journey. But same, I was getting constipation. I, but I didn't really recognize it as constipation, even just the brain fog and the cognitive function aspect of it. Anxiety was higher. I wasn't responding to things that I normally would like things would feel more overwhelming Um, I was having hypersensitivities to foods and things that I had never really experienced before. And I, you know, I had been in the field in the fitness field for seven years at that point, but I never realized how much my thyroid was playing a role into, like you said, every other aspect of my body Mm -hmm. and how it was functioning. And we can sometimes experience something and then not correlate it back to, is your thyroid working appropriately? Right. Right. Sometimes it's not even clinically low enough. That's the the troubling part is we might go to our doctor and not feel good, but it may not be clinically low where they're really going to be able to do anything about it, but you can still be having symptoms with that too. Yeah, for sure. I think it's important to note that the clinical lab levels are super wide. There's an extremely wide range of where you can like sit in that between those two numbers. And just because that's the clinical form of it does not mean it's optimal for your, you and your body. And I think if you're noticing anything, it can't help to make changes in at home. Um, whether it's your mindset changes, nutrition changes, lifestyle changes, you can always do something to help yourself feel better. You know, your body better than anyone better than your doctor, better than me, better than Brooke, better than anyone on Instagram or Google. And I think what the real issue is that we spend a lot of time trying to figure out the root cause and why did I get this? And well, what did I do wrong? And instead, I really think we should be concentrating. Well, that's important, right? Knowing is always helpful, but it's the chicken or the egg, right? Like we, who knows what caused what, because your thyroid plays a huge role in everything. And instead, I really feel that we should concentrate on making our life as easy and good and fun as possible because we have the rest of our life to live. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to let Hashimoto stop me ever again. It it took so much away from me for so long. And I, I, I don't, want that. And I don't want anyone else to have to feel that way. Like it's impossible and your body hates you Mm because that's not true. And, you know, if you don't feel well, 
and you get labs and they are perfect, keep advocating for yourself. Keep listening to your body. Whether you have Hashimoto's or not, there's so many great things you could start healing with um, in your life in general. Adding more water. Make sure that you're eating enough for your body every single day. No more 1,200 calorie stuff. (laughs) It's ridiculous. We need fuel. We need energy. And especially if your thyroid's off, guys, you need to fuel your body so that it has energy to even start using your thyroid. Okay. I'm super passionate about that. Um, (laughs) right. There's, there's talking kinder to yourself. Your body doesn't hate you. Your body's really trying to protect you. It's going to do everything it can to survive for you. And we need to show it a little bit of love sometimes. And and I understand that that's hard, but that's going to be really helpful in shifting your mindset to have your body and your, your mind on the same team. And, And I think truly like there's, there's just, there's so much you are capable of doing, even if no one's listening. That's such a good point. I remember when I first was diagnosed, you feel that way. I felt like, well, why me? Like, why, Mm -hmm. like this sucks. Like, why does my body have to be broken? And, you know, I do all these good things and why am I experiencing this? And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The whole, like feeling bad for myself, which we all kind of need to like go through for a moment. Right. But then, um, but then it becomes for me, at least it came to the, like, well, why did this happen? Which I love to ask the question why to a fault, right. Of like digging into like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. But you can become too obsessed and too focused on like getting to the root issue that you forget to just work with where you're at and focus on what makes you feel good in the moment. And one huge aspect that I missed for myself in the beginning was the mindset Mm -hmm. portion. I focused so much on what should the workout look like and what should the nutrition look like. And I never paid attention to the stressors that I was dealing with or wasn't dealing with, I guess is a better way to say it. And my mindset and how I was talking to myself and my rude awakening was when I had a daughter and I was like, I don't want her talking to herself the way that I myself, but it's, you know, that's a huge aspect that we don't pay attention to of how much your brain influences how the rest of your body responds, but also just how you feel day to day and being able to enjoy where you are, no matter what, you're not your diagnosis, right? At the end of the day, but we can sometimes get caught into that. For sure. And like you said, I think we all need a moment to grieve. Like being unrealistic about healing is one thing that we don't need in our lives anymore. Like I'm tired of throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks because uh, someone who talks to ghosts said I need to drink celery juice. Like it it just like, (laughs) it's just not what we need. What we need are realistic, practical things that are going to help us feel better because I only have one life and I really want to enjoy it. And I want my daughter to see me enjoying it. And I want my husband to feel my love and my excitement and radiate, you know, like joy and And I really think that we grieve and it's important to have support when you grieve and you are going to be grieving this past version of yourself forever. And that's fair. But then it gets to a point where, like you said, we, we have to move forward in some way. And, and I'm a firm believer in law of attraction, like attracts like. So if you're talking smack about your body 24 seven, why the heck would it want to work for you? Yeah. 
why would it ever want to be like, you know what? I'm going to love you so much today and I'm going to work and I'm going to do this. And we're going to, you know what? We're going to make more money today and we're going to go food shopping today and get all this abundance. Like, why would it ever do that? If you're just like, you suck, you're fat, you're this, why don't you work? I hate you. That's the environment you're creating. Yeah. And it's just not fair to your body. We have to give your body a chance to heal and to see what it's capable of doing. Cause in, at the end of the day, I always like to say this is Hashimoto's is your superpower and you can either like really use it <laughs> and feel good and, and show people that you're able to work on yourself and show up for yourself no matter what every single day. And sometimes that looks like crying and being angry. And sometimes that looks like meal prepping. And sometimes that looks like going out to dinner with your family and just not even thinking about it and enjoying the heck out of yourself. And it's just so important. Mindset is so important. And if there's one thing I will die on a hill for, it's that truly mindset is key on a Hashimoto's thyroid, any kind of healing journey. Cause it's just, you're just going to be stuck in that diet cycle forever. If you don't work on your mindset. It's so important. You know, we undervalue and I say it all the time. You're in a relationship with yourself every single day. And I want you to take that out and to think of any other relationship that you're in. So it's like you and your partner, right? Your relationship with your partner. If your partner was constantly telling you you're fat, your body's broken. It can't do what you want to do. Right? Like if your your partner is constantly telling you that you're eventually going to feel that. And you're eventually going to think that, and you're eventually going to be like, yeah, my body is broken. And yeah, I am this. And you're eventually going to, or you're going to throw your hands up and say like, screw it. I quit. Like I'm done. Yep. Right. And your body does the same thing. You're in a relationship with yourself every day. So I, and this is not just Hashimoto's, right. That relates to anything. If you mm-hmm. allow motherhood to be the reason that like, you can't do anything for yourself. Right. Or you can look at it as like, wow, being a mom gave me this like power that I never knew I had. Right. There's two different ways we can look at things with your Hashimoto's. It could be, you can allow it to kind of take over and you could become your diagnosis, or it could be, wow, like I can appreciate my body so much more because look at what it has, but look what it still does for me every single day and still shows up for me with. And if you look back and see like your body as a woman, especially is so incredibly smart. And even though you have this Hashimoto's, your body still was prioritizing all these things for you at the same time when you had it. And all you need to do is show it a little bit of love and it can start to turn that around for you too. Yeah. Yeah. Your body is so smart. Your body listens to everything you say and think about it. And if you don't believe me, try to like work on your mindset for what? 20, 30 days, whatever, seven days would make me happy and see how much changes in your environment, the people you're around, the thoughts you're thinking. Because I think what's important to realize also is that like, there's no magic pill in anything. There's nothing that I can say or do that's going to be like, this is it. You do it once you got it. Right. So like saying affirmations every day is beautiful, but like, if you're not working on believing other as you know, in other aspects of your life, it's not going to be helpful. And I think it's important to know that you're never going to get rid of the negative thoughts. Like they never actually fully go away. 
What matters is that you're able to catch them when you have them, interrupt that pattern and replace it with another thought or habit. And this, this is what I teach. This is what the Hashimoto's method is all about is you are, you are in control. There is no one that knows you better than anyone. And there's no one in your life that has more control over your body, your health, your mind, everything than you. Yeah. Okay. So you get to make a decision in every single aspect of your life and you get to choose. There's no food police that's going to sit in your kitchen and smack your hand away from whatever, right? You think you're not supposed to eat. Yeah. It's, and this is why mindset is so important in this. It's, it's, you're in control. You get to decide you're an adult. (laughs) Like, Like you get to decide what's on your plate. You get to decide what you think. And I don't know about you, but I want to decide to enjoy it. Yeah. And be realistic about it and keep it simple. Like, it gets to be easy in a way that is realistic, but also sustainable. A hundred percent. Yeah. When it comes to, you know, getting that, okay, let's say you are told you have a Hashimoto's or you have a hypothyroid. And then a lot of people do like they jump to Google or their doctor will say like, well, you know, eat gluten-free or Mm -hmm. one of the ones that I hear a lot is autoimmune paleo, which is like great if, you know, you can follow that, but also really strict when it comes yeah. to nutritional choices. So when someone does get given that kind of a diagnosis, what are the first steps and things that they should really do and, and pay attention to? For sure. So we, listen, it's totally normal to Google. Like I'm not, I, I always say stay off Dr. Google, but we're realistic here. Right. I was on page 27 of Google. Now that's a dedicated Google search and I'm not even being like funny about it. Literally on page 27, I was on this random girl's blog and she told me to swallow whole goals of cloves of garlic for 30 days and that will cure my Hashimoto's. And this is the day I was diagnosed and you bet your butt. I went to the supermarket, got a bag of garlic and started swallowing garlic. And all that happened was I was burping up garlic for weeks and it was disgusting and like nothing happened. Okay. So like, just know that if you've tried this random stuff, you're not alone. I did it too. And because we're, we're desperate, we want to feel better. And I would love that magic pill. And that's the society we're in is the magic pill. Mm-hmm. And after I'm on this journey for eight years. Okay. It, it wasn't in the last four, maybe where I started realizing like, Hey, going from diet to diet and cutting out hundreds of foods is just like not helping. (laughs) So I I think there has to be a different way to do this. And, and all while I'm working with clients, telling them what to do and it's working for them, but it's not working for me. And then something different's working for this person. So I think it's important to know that it's so individualized and what Google lacks is any context. What social media lacks is any context. It's all general. Because they don't know your labs. They don't know your gender. They don't know your genetics. They don't know anything about you to give you specifics on what your body may need. Because some of us have really severe gut health issues because of our hypothyroidism or gut or Hashimoto's. Some of us have adrenal issues. Some of us have none of those issues. And it's just our thyroid, our body attacking the thyroid. Um, you know, and there's like so many, uh, avenues you could go down. So I would say the first thing you want to do is get support. Like, I, I, I don't care who you get support from, just know 
that you believe in this person and you're willing to give it a shot. Because having someone that understands what you're going through and has the knowledge of all these different avenues that could be going on is really important because Google doesn't know that. I think it's, I think to your point, right? Get support. I love the comment with people of like, you know, do your own research and that's okay. I want you to do research. I want you to pay attention to things. I want you to read stuff. But the one thing that's really important to remember when you're doing your own research is like you said, context, right? Mm -hmm, You can do all this research, but if you don't understand how to take that research and apply it in the right context, then you may be actually making things worse and you may be frustrating yourself more. And that's where it's really important to one, hire someone, but two, hire someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to it, right? Like a dietitian who has the background and the experience or someone who has extended education in supporting someone with a thyroid who can understand how the whole endocrine system functions and really actually pay attention to what could be influencing and take a realistic approach to your body, right? Like you you had people telling you to eat cloves of garlic, right? That's, (laughs) there's a, there's a lot of different directions that people go. So you have to ask yourself the question, one, does this person have the credentials to be advising me on what they're advising me on? And Mm -hmm. two, um, is this realistic for me? Like, is this something that I'm going to take and I'm going to be able to sustain through most of my life? And if it's not, is there a short-term purpose to why I'm doing this? And am I able to come off of this? Right. For sure. Those things. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, you know, I am the kind of person where I'm a rebel. So when you tell me to do something, I'm like, okay, I'll tell you I do it in secret, (laughs) but like, I'm not actually doing it. Right. Like that's just me. And me, and I know that has a lot to do with my like mindset around like previous dieting and, and binging. Right. Like, but I'm a rebel. So giving me these rules, I'll go gung ho for what, two, three weeks. And then I get bored and then yeah. I'm like, well, let's a little, you know, I'll sneak a little here and I'll, uh, you know, Oh, whoops. The French fry ended up in the ketchup and that's supposed to have tomatoes, right? Like all this stuff. And, and, and this is where being realistic with yourself is important. And this is where, why I always say don't jump into a diet first, because if you related to what I just said, it is, not the first thing you should be doing because it's not going to make you feel better. Yeah. And it's, it's, I always think that we need to get support from people who understand where we're at and anyone who is preaching that you need to take out all of these foods immediately first is not a realistic source of information. Because I don't know about you, I have tried every single diet out there. I have tried AIP three times. I have done Jenny Craig. I've done Weight Watch, right? I've done keto. I've done this. I've done that. And and listen, I'm all about paleo saved my life. Like I, I'll straight up say that. I went paleo, gosh, I don't even know how long ago, in like 2012. And <laughs> so long ago. And it changed my life. I lost a hundred pounds. It, I started a food blog. That's how I even got here. But then I realized that it wasn't realistic for where I was in my life anymore. Yeah. It was so restrictive for me. And I will always think that the philosophies, but I can't 
I can't condone right now that that's a realistic way of eating for the rest of my life. Yeah. It sucked the fun out of food for me at the end of it. And I decided I can't, I don't want to be that version of me anymore. And I think that that's growth and evolution and that intuitiveness and being present in your journey and really deciding what you want and need is more important than any blog, diet, whatever out there. And it really comes down to having someone meet you where you're at. Mm -hmm. That's why, honestly, I, I have had many programs that I've created and some were like super strict, like, nope, you come every week, you do this call, blah, blah, blah. And I got rid of that, that modality of helping women because that's not helpful for me. So how could it be helpful for other people? And it took me a long time to realize that. And that's why I created THM, the Hashimoto's Method, the membership, because A, I wanted a place to go where you felt welcome because I had no one, <laughs> like no one. Like Hashimoto's was a secret. I thought I was the only one in the world. I didn't understand. Um, I wanted a place where you could go to get, just like understand what the heck was happening in your body. What is Hashimoto's? Why do I feel like crap? How do I understand my labs? What's going on? And I wanted you to feel like you had direction of where to go and how to actually have steps that you can make fit into your life. Because if you're the rebel like me, giving me a to-do list is just not going to, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So I, I just think that, yes, working with credentialed, certified, whatever, you know, you feel comfortable. And like you said, do your research on these people as well. Um, but it comes to a point where you, you get a gut feeling, trust in yourself, trust in someone who can help take this burden off of you. Because I have like, I Brooke, you too, like we've probably spent what hundreds of hours Googling crap and getting certifications and yeah. going to school and, and like all we think about <laughs> are like these things like you don't have a normal person doesn't have the time to do that because yeah. everything we teach everything we do sure you can google have fun have go do it i yeah like have fun but I don't have 900 hours to research how to use a kettlebell. I don't have 900 hours to research pH balance in water. Do I care about it? No, I'm not going to research it. Right. I I just think that it's important to realize that. Yeah. You can get answers through every open door you want. Yeah. But do you want to spend the time doing that? Do you have the time to do that? Or would you rather have someone who does it and can easily take you from point A to point B with the snap of a finger because we've, we've condensed it and we're able to make you make quantum leaps in your healing and understand what's happening without you having to go through like 9,000 blogs that don't know what the heck they're talking about. Oh my God. That's such a good point. Everything is an investment, right? And it's not always a financial investment. There's a time investment. There's an energy investment into everything that you're doing. And especially when you're healing, you and I both felt the frustration aspect of that and know what that feels like. We've also come out on the other side of that though, too. Right. And I 
if I had somebody in my life at the time, I had people throwing so much stuff at me. If I had the right person in my life at the time and I could have accelerated what I needed at that point, I would have paid as much as I needed to pay, yeah. right? To feel, yeah. I would have figured out a way, right? To, to pay it. But, and I think because we've felt that, right? We know how important and how critical that support is. You absolutely can Google and find this information anywhere, but it is, it's finding that person who's going to say, all right, here's what you have going on. I've got 15 plus years of experience of supporting people through this. Right. And Mm -hmm. I can listen to what you have going on and know a better direction for us to take you and get you there faster. I think the question you have to ask yourself is what is that time and energy worth to me? Right. And what is it? How is me feeling the way I'm currently feeling impacting other areas of my life? Is it impacting my relationships? Is it impacting how I show up as a mom, how I show up at work, how I like just feel day to day in my function and what is it worth to me to feel better? Yeah. And I think one other thing that's important is yes, you could Google anything. And like we said before, context is huge in that. And it's about you being with someone and you don't even, yes, invest time, money, or energy or all of them into yourself, but it could be someone free on the internet, right? Whatever you do what you're comfortable with, but at the end of the day, work with someone who can understand your context, understand your labs, understand your gut health, understand your genetics. That way they can help you because for example, and I think that this is hilarious. So uh, I was always eating salads, right? Salads are healthy in my head, right? No, I am sensitive to kale and spinach. So when I'm having a kale and spinach salad because they're super greens and they're supposed to make you feel better, I'm shitting my brains out Yes, and wondering why the hell I feel like crap and want to puke, puke because yeah. I, it, my body can't process that. Yep. Context, right? Yep. Because everywhere tells you these things are really great for you and they are for most people, but not as special women, <laughs> not as amazing, super powerful, you know, badass, sexy women who have special needs and accommodations and have to learn our bodies. And this is where having someone like Brooke or I or whomever that can guide you in the right direction and say, Hey, you don't have to eat the spinach. If it doesn't make you feel good, it's okay. Yeah. It won't miss you. (laughs) Right. Like, like you have to get support from a realistic person that you want to be friends with that you want to like be in their lives and you want to listen to and be motivated and sometimes not be motivated and have them help you be motivated right like I could talk about this forever it's one of my favorite things to talk about but I just think it's so important step one you get diagnosed get help get someone in your life that can support you and understand the context and guide you without you having to take nine thousand steps like me eating kale and spinach every day thinking I'm doing something good and it, it, it destroyed my, you know, my gut. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> Get into the nutritional aspect of it. I think it's so common, right? We already said like to be told what you can't do with Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. So let's touch on what you should do, right? Like what, what can you do and what are some of the most important, simple changes that you can make with your nutrition without having to go through the, like, what do I have to remove process? What are some really important things that you can add in with Hashimoto's to help support your body? Yeah. So I really love 
nutrient dense food. And what I mean by that is food that has nutrients that the thyroid loves and it's packed with it. It's efficient. You need like two and it's easy to fit in. So one of my favorite things to add in for thyroid health in general is this nutrient called selenium. And a great way to get selenium are Brazil nuts, which are nuts I never heard of, but apparently they're very popular until I did research. And they are like two a day packed with the amount of selenium that you need. Great addition. If you could tolerate nuts and seeds, they are like so easy to get I I buy them in bulk on like Thrive Market. Um, And then I always say really healthy fats. So omega-3s, our body loves omega-3s because they are anti-inflammatory. And we want to, because our body is in attack mode, typically with Hashimoto's, we want to really lower as much inflammation as we can. So that's things like salmon, if you could tolerate salmon, chia seeds, walnuts, mackerel, oysters, sardines, right? Fatty fish. Um, I said walnuts, chia seeds, avocado, right? There's tons of really great sources. I have tons of posts on this on my Instagram feed and I know you do too, Brooke. So definitely go check them out. Um, but I would say concentrating on those two first, selenium and anti-inflammatory foods are going to be really helpful um, to like first start out with easy peasy, lemon squeezy things to add in. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think you already hit one too. Um, eating enough is mm-hmm. really, really important. If you are like me and grew up in Snackwell's generation, mm-hmm. right, where everything's a diet and everything's fat free, um, it's it can be a little bit of like a mind fuck to like eat more, right? Yeah. And to like have to say like, well, I have to eat more, but I'm already gaining weight, so why would I add more food mm-hmm. in, right? That's a really I. It was a hard concept for me to get through, even though I knew all the science behind it the actual application can be really challenging, but I think the best, I guess, uh, thing that I found was when I really looked at how many calories I was eating in a day and realized that my four-year-old was actually eating pretty close to the same amount of food. Yeah. So you are a grown woman with functioning hormones who has a much bigger energy output on a daily basis than your two-year-old toddler, right? It's like you need to be eating more than that. But to just say increased calories can be a little bit misaligned, right? Like where should that increase really be coming from and what should we be prioritizing with it? It's so important (laughs) to prioritize. I'm not a big calorie gal. I I don't use numbers. It's in, in what I do. And the reason I don't do that is because I feel like we come from a long history of dieting and things like that. And in my mind, and I'm not saying it's wrong, it's not wrong at all. Everyone has a different way of doing things that is just triggering my diet mentality because I'm a perfectionist and I like being in numbers in check marks and this and that. So I came up with this thing called the THM formula and I teach it in the Hashimoto's method, but I also, again, have tons of posts on Instagram um, about it where And this is a way that I like to look at my plate. And I think that the formula is really helpful, making sure that we're getting enough food, we're getting enough fiber, we're getting enough protein, fats, and carbs in our day, as long as our plates look like this. Um, So it is half of your plate is some type of non-starchy veggie, right? You've probably seen this. It's not just a Hashimoto's formula. It's really how we should be eating. Um, some type of non-starchy vegetable that could look like broccoli, peppers, onions, carrots, a mix of everything, whatever, you know, 
there's tons. Um, and then I like to take the other half and split it in half again. And you put your protein in there, uh, you know, any protein you like, uh, as long as it makes you feel good, that's what I care about. And then we have our starchy carb. And then we usually cook with a fat or add a fat on top. Um, so a starchy carb could look like anything. If you could tolerate um, some rice, you could do potatoes, plantains, um, nuts and seeds, if that's what you're counting it as, right? There, There's really great wholesome foods. And then fat, I add avocado on everything. I cook in avocado oil, olives, um, coconut. There's really great sources everywhere. And it's still like super fun food. Uh, And that's kind of how I visualize my plate. Now I go out to dinner a lot. I don't always have half of my plate of veggies, right? Like we're realistic here. It's, it's a guide. It's not a mandatory prescribed thing, but that always helps me eat enough of what I need. Yeah. I think that's good too. And it's a little more plug and play, right? It's a little more simple, like you said, right? It takes a lot of the, like having to think about all the little things that you're doing out of it. And it allows you to say like, okay, here's a variety of protein options I can choose. And then you can take that out to eat with you too. Mm-hmm. What protein do I want to put in my plate? What veggies sound good to me? What fats do I want to add on here? And it's super mm-hmm. easy to just kind of like plug and play that meal by meal yeah. and together. Yeah. And you know what? Like, and I like to say everyone knows their, their tolerance to certain ingredients and their tolerance to the amount of starchy carbs they're eating per day and the amount of right, like vegetables they eat per day. Cause I know me, if I eat too many vegetables, I get bloated, right? Which sounds crazy, but I have gut health issues and that's a part of my Hashimoto's. And then I also know that if I have too many carbs in the morning, I'm just so sluggish throughout the day. That's not everyone. I have clients that thrive on having more carbs during the day and then less at the end of the day, right? Like it it just, it really depends. And this is why it's important to be able to read your body and understand how to experiment what your body's telling you because it takes time and it takes paying attention and seeing how you feel after you eat and how you're talking to yourself after you eat. And I could go on a whole intuitive eating tangent as well, but I just think it's really important to make sure that you are filling your plate and you're eating until you're comfortable and you're intuitively paying attention to how your body feels during and after you eat. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think that's, it's coming back to the mindfulness that we've lost somewhere along the way with whatever diet it is that we went to. And very similar. I struggle with like numbers because then I'll stress over the numbers and that's not doing anybody any benefit either. When I'm stressing over the number aspect of everything, I think it's really, um, consciously challenging, I guess is the best way to say it, to go back to that. But once you can get back in touch with your body, how it feels, knowing what hunger and satiation really feels like for you, mm-hmm. it's actually really freeing to get back to a point where you can, you can just go enjoy yourself without having to worry about what you're logging and what the calorie number is and all those things ahead of time and still know that you're supporting your body at the same time. Right. Right. And, and listen, some people do really well with numbers. Yeah. And some people don't. And this is why it's important to have someone in your life that like can understand both. And it's really about doing what makes you feel good at the end of the day, whether that's with food, whether that's with working out your mindset, your environment, you at the end of the day want to feel 
good. So what is going to do that for you? And I like to say, and this is a mindset shift that I work on with a lot of women is like, how can I feel good? Right. Just stopping and asking you, will this make me feel good? Yeah. And then you get to decide as an adult, as a functioning human being, whether or not it makes you feel good or not. That's why I can't give you a list of foods to avoid. That's why I cannot realistically, ethically uh, tell you, you have to go gluten-free. Yes. I cannot do that. I will not do that because I don't know if you have to, how does it make you feel? How does it make you feel when you don't have it? How does it make you feel when you do have it? Is that too taxing on your mindset right now to understand and to be able to read your body and see how it makes you feel? That's okay. But I cannot tell you oh my gosh, it's the devil. You can't have it because guess what? There's some people who can and nothing happens to them and they feel great. And then there's some people who are really sensitive to it. Then there's some people who are celiac. Then there's some people who can get away with like having a little bit. And then there's some people who can get away with having some sourdough, right? Like it's so different for everyone. I cannot, uh, there's no list. There's no way to know without you experimenting and seeing how you feel. That's one of the biggest questions I get to on the gluten, um, subject of, well, does this mean that I can't have gluten? And, you know, I am honest with people and sometimes saying like, well, you know, there are some people with hypothyroid or Hashimoto's who actually can't, and they just feel Mm -hmm. better without it. And it's not a can't, right? It's a, I don't want to feel the way that that makes me feel. So I'm going to choose to consume something else. Right. I haven't had gluten. And I couldn't tell you how many years or intentionally haven't had it. Right. But that's because I'm okay with the choice of not having it. And I don't enjoy the way that it makes me feel when I eat it. So it's not worth it to me, but that is, you know, to your point, a question and an answer you need to ask yourself and give yourself, Mm -hmm. if you know, your body doesn't respond well to it, it's up to you to choose whether or not you want to continue to add something else in there. That's not making you feel well. Um, I think there's consequences to all of our actions, good or bad, right? So we have to choose mm-hmm. if we want that consequence that's going to come with it. But if there is like once a year, my family makes cocoa and biscuits. It's a big thing. Like I want to eat it and I want to enjoy it. That one time of year that I have something, is that going to ruin everything? Not at all. You need to ask yourself those questions. For sure. And that is like a mindset shift, right? Like right there, the fact that one time a year, you know, I, I'm, it's not like you're going balls to the wall and you're like, oh my God, I'm messing everything up. Hee <laughs> hee secret, right? Like, no, you're, you're intentionally as an adult making the decision to consume this food that was worth it to you in that moment. That's it. There's no other meaning behind it. And that is the, the shift I hope that we can all make eventually is that like, no, I get to, I choose same with you. Gluten and I don't get along. I have tried. I want it to love me back, but it does. It doesn't. And that's okay. And I, it took me a long time to honestly grieve that decision and go through that decision to not have it. And at this point, and this is something I teach a lot is what are your worth it foods? What foods are worth it and what foods are not worth it? And what I mean by that is, for example, cauliflower, everything, right? Cauliflower gnocchi, cauliflower rice, cauliflower mashed potatoes. It's not the same. And for me, 
cauliflower is just not a worth it food. I don't enjoy it. It doesn't taste good to me. So you know what? I'm not going to choose it when I have the choice. That's not a a food that I'm like, oh, I'm going to go crazy on. Right. Gummy bears. I don't like gummy bears. It gets stuck in my teeth. I can't chew them. I have TMJ. Do they taste good? Sure. But they're not a worth it food for me. But what's a worth it food? Guys, I love a margarita. I'm going to have my tequila margarita. I'm not I'm not gonna say no to that when I choose to have that I am also going to have I'm trying to think like potato chips oh I love potato chips right like that's something that makes me feel good mentally physically and emotionally that I'm not that's a worth it food I'm going to have it when I choose to have it not every day it's not worth it to me every day but when I want it I'm gonna have it right like this is where I think it's important to also your preferences come into play because guess what there are diets that say you can't have potatoes can't have alcohol, can't have this, you can't have that, but we're human. Yeah. We're human beings. We're going to be in situations where we want that food. And I think it's important that you're aware, and this is where the mindset shift comes in, where the food's not controlling you. You get to consciously make the decision to have what makes you feel good mentally, physically, and emotionally, but pausing and asking yourself, how do you feel about it? And it takes not even a second, right? Because you're talking to yourself in your head. Uh, like, it's so important. That's, that's a key step. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that can be the biggest difference maker and your consistency with something, your adherence to something. And Mm -hmm. if, if you're going into anything with a, I'm only going to do this for the short term being, and then I'm going to go back to how I was doing things before, then we've got the wrong approach to start with. And it's not the right approach to you, Mm -hmm. right? If somebody is pitching you this nutritional protocol to follow, and there's a difference between have the conversation, which I've had to do with clients before of like, listen, this is what we need to do for the next, like maybe six to eight weeks. And then we'll add these things back in. But if they're telling you that this is something you need to follow forever and red flags are going off in your head, Mm -hmm. you're like, that's not realistic for me. Then you probably probably need to go find another approach because that's probably not going to fit well for you. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really, really narrowing down what's going to work best for me, understanding that there's probably going to be some, some changes, right. In mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form, but what changes am I willing to make right now? What changes will make me feel the best right now? And what works with, are you a mom? Are you not a mom? Are you working full time? You know, what's going on? What are your stressors like? Cause all those things need to come into to your choice or your decision-making for sure. Yeah. And no one can make that decision, but you. Right. <laughs> and, and listen, I know Brooke and I can talk for hours upon hours and I know you probably have so many questions. So guys, if you have any questions, drop them below. Cause we, I'm, I, I'm inviting myself back <laughs> to another episode. I know. I was just going to say, we're going to need to do a part two because we need to end today. But if you guys have questions, message us the questions. I know you're probably going to have some. Um, we're going to do a part two where we answer your questions and then we can dive deeper into this and, and the other aspects of it. But Chelsea, thank you so much for being here. It's so awesome to have you. And yes. we'll talk soon. <laughs> for sure. Thank you so much for having me. I love this. And if anyone needs anything, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always here. What's the best way? I'm going to put it in the show notes for your Instagram link and all that, but is that the best route for people to reach you or do you have another? Yeah. Instagram messages is where it's at. That's where I'm at. Um, and if you're a member of THM, come on into the support group and we are in there all day, every day, having some fun. Perfect. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Bye. Bye. 
And that's it for this episode on the Power of a Woman podcast. If any part of this episode resonated with you, I would greatly appreciate you giving it a review, sharing it on your social media, and tagging me for another woman who may need to hear it too. If changing the narrative is something you're ready to take action on, my coaching programs are set up to help you do just that. We will address the nutrition, movement, lifestyle, stress, gut health, and hormonal needs that you individually have as a woman so that we can help you feel your absolute best and own your power too. Connect with me on Instagram at Brooke Razzie or head over to my website at brookrazzie.com to learn more.